Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I'm going to share a word with you today that uh, is going to sound somewhat like a personal testimony. And if it comes out that way, that's not really my intention necessarily. This is just a word that I literally have lived for the past three or four months. Uh, Out of my own personal experience, out of my own personal life, this is the path, the spiritual journey that God has taken me down for a while. In walking down that path, what I have realized is I am so, so very thankful for a God of mercy, grace, loving kindness, and redemption, and you should give Jesus praise right now. I've always known that, always tried and believed I walked that out, but it came to, over the past couple of months, a greater, greater revelation that during this spiritual journey, what I've realized is this, that God is the God of the second chance. Mm. And during this season of my life, that's something that I realized that I needed. And I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Uh, We get a lot of second chances in life. And I'm, I'm appreciative of that. They come from all different walks, all different opportunities, all different times. We get all kinds of second chances in life. Let me show you a little bit about what I'm talking about. Go ahead and show them, guys. Now that has been called the greatest shot in golf. And when you look at it, you think, how in the world did Tiger Woods pull that off? What we did not see, guys, what took place before that. Tiger Woods, in the fairway, he sculled a shot. Now how many of you golfers love to hear Pastor Ron in the same sentence say, Tiger Woods sculled a shot? Doesn't get any better than that. He hit a horrible shot that went up into a sound trap, looped around, came back in the rough, and then that. So he went from the worst shot in golf to the greatest shot in golf. Now, if that can happen on a golf course, how much more can that happen in the kingdom of God? Because God loves me and loves taking my worst mess-ups, my worst failures, and turning it into my greatest opportunities. Why? Because he's the God of second chance. And as I told you, that's something that I kind of found out recently that I needed. Not long ago, it came to even a greater revelation of how important this was to me. Years ago, Barbara and I were in ministry, and we were done wrong, if I can say it that way. 
We were just absolutely stabbed in the back. We were talked about. We were thrown under the bus, if I can say it that way. And it was painful and a, a moment in ministry that I would love to be able to forget. And it was done by a staff member. And some of you are sitting there saying, wait just a second. I thought everybody in the church was really nice. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> and we found ourselves in a situation to where we had been stabbed in the back and it hurt and we uh, ended up leaving that area, coming to the Rock of Gainesville and God through Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne and the wonderful people of this house helped to bring healing and helped to bring uh, a, a new vision for ministry. So I did everything I could to kind of let that go and just forget about it, but it just would not go away. And so I tucked it away. And then one day I'm riding down the road and I heard this voice say this, go repent to Bill. I said, that ain't God. <laughs> that ain't God. And even if it is God, I don't want it to be God. And I'm not going to let it be God. Go repent to Bill. No. If anybody needs to repent, he needs to come to me. If there should be any forgiveness given, I should be giving forgiveness to him. Go repent to Bill. No. And I let that go, and I let that go, and I let that go, and I used every form of I wouldn't say excuse, but I would say reason to transpire over a long, long, long period of time. And that word kept coming, go repent to Bill. And I said, I'm not going to do it. If anybody needs to do the repenting, he needs to come to me and repent. No. After wrestling with it for a real long time, finally I came to the house one day and I told Barbara, I said, I'm going to go repent to Bill. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like I owe it to him. I don't think it's my place. But I'm going to go repent to Bill. So I made a decision to do it. But you know what? How many of you know that we have good intentions and they really should be carried out immediately? Good intentions like crying babies should be carried out immediately. And I had these great intentions. I'm going to go repent to Bill. But before I could get it done and set up a time to go repent to Bill, Bill passed away. And I went into a state of condemnation. I went into a state of failure because I failed miserably. I missed God. I rejected the word of the Lord. I rejected his voice and I failed miserably. All I had to do, guys, was go forgive him. And the question is, why is that so hard? Why is there so much unforgiveness in the body of Christ? Why is there so much unforgiveness in the world that we live in? I'll tell you why. Here it is. Write it down. In the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like I'm rewarding my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Yeah. 
All I had to do was go forgive him. But I said, no. Then I realized, Hyatt, you've messed up. What are you going to do about it? I went to Pastor Tad. And I said, Pastor Tad, I've messed up. What do you think I should do? He said, well, there's nothing you can do about it now. Why don't you repent and move on? Well, I was hoping for a little bit of stroke. But he was right. So I went to Pastor George. I said, Pastor, I've messed up. This is what I've done. What do you think I should do? Well, there's nothing you can do about it now. Why don't you repent and move on? Goodness gracious, is there another church down the road? All I had to do was ask for forgiveness. I made a decision, though. Barbara and I talked, and I made a decision to go to Bill's celebration of life service. But before I went, I called the family. And I said, if for any reason me being there is a challenge to you, I will not show up. All you got to do is tell me, and I will not be offended. So I sent a note to Bill's daughter, Christy, and when I sent the note, I got a response back from her that was one of the most gracious, loving, kind responses you could ever imagine. She said, we would be honored if you would come celebrate my dad's service with us. So we went down there, and the first person I saw was Bill's wife, Beverly. So I went up to her, and I said, Beverly, I can't repent to Bill now but I can repent to you. I am sorry for anything I did to hurt your family. She reached up and she grabbed me and hugged me and she said, it is so good to see you again. I love the fact that you're here. They, they received me with graciousness. They received me with love. They received me forgiveness, even to the point that during the service, they brought me up on the platform. What am I doing up here? I don't deserve to be up here. I didn't know they were going to do it. But I was received with love and forgiveness and mercy. Why? Because God is the God of the second chance. Come on, somebody. Go ahead and give Jesus praise, man. All right, I got to hurry. But that's too much of the story. That's too much of the personal testimony. Let me ask you this. Why do we even need a second chance? Why is that? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is the fact that we make mistakes. We blow it. I failed miserably. I needed a second chance. One of the reasons I needed a second chance was I missed God's voice. I missed His presence. And so many times, one of the reasons we need a second chance is we miss the presence of God. I'm going to use as a backdrop this morning the book of Jonah. There's anybody that needed a second chance. It was Jonah, right? Come on. I'm going to use Jonah. Pastor inspired me last week when he started talking about Jonah, and right away it hit me. That guy needed a second chance. So I'm going to use him as a backdrop. But one of the reasons Jonah needed a second chance was here's what the Bible says. The Bible says Jonah did not go to Nineveh. He went to Tarshish. He went down, what the Bible says, down to Tarshish. Going down speaks of going away from the presence of God. He went down to Tarshish. Abraham went down to Egypt and got involved with the Egyptian handmaiden Hagar. Ruth and her family went down to Moab 
and ended up in a seven-year famine. The prodigal son went down to a foreign country and ended up in a pig pen. Going down speaks away, speaks rather, of going away from the presence of God. And so many times, one of the reasons that we even need a second chance is because we miss God's presence, we miss God's voice. We either just say like Hyatt, flat out, no, or we just miss it in our human frailty. But we miss it nonetheless. And it's not that God gives us just one chance. He gives us multiple chances. In the book of Jonah, there are two commissions. Commissions are basically the same. What God says is to Jonah is go down to Nineveh, chapters 1 and chapters 3. Go down to Nineveh. And then in the response to that, look at what Jonah does. Go ahead and put up there, guys, that, uh, going, that, that slide right there, the two commissions. The two commissions, chapter 1 and chapter 3, go down to Nineveh. Do it, Jonah. What you waiting on, son? Well, here's what he's waiting on, chapters 2 and 4. Here's the confession to the commission. The first one in chapter 2, Oh God, I remember your wonderful works. I know how great you are and all the wonderful things you do. But listen to the trek that Jonah takes as this thing is transpiring. Chapter 4, first chapter 2, Oh God, I remember your wonderful works. But then the emotions of the moment kick in. Oh God, it would be better if I just died. It'd be better if I just died. I don't want to go down there. I know you're telling me to, but I don't want to go down there. So I think it'd be better if I just died. Not, let's unpack this and see what we need to do as God gives us a second chance. Look at Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, finally, and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city and he proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites didn't hear that. They heard God, and they believed God, and they declared a fast and put on sackcloth and started worshiping God. Now, let's stop right there for just a second, guys, and we'll come back and pick that up in a minute. Look at what takes place. The second time, the second chance, Jonah goes to Nineveh, and all of a sudden we see this mighty word coming forth that's going to have an impact on the city. Here's the question I've got to ask us. Why do we need to master this material? Why do we need to master it? Well, because God is going to give you a second chance. And the second question is this, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? God's going to give you a second chance, man. His mercy, His grace, His love, His forgiveness, He's going to give you a second chance. What are you going to do with it? Well, let's look at it. What am I going to do with it? Number one, write it down. As God gives me that second chance, here's what I need to do. Write it down. Don't delay, obey all the way. Closest I will ever come to being a rapper. 
Don't delay, obey all the way. Guys, I would be almost fearful to tell you the first time I was driving down the road and heard the voice of God say, go repent to Bill. I would be afraid to tell you the time period from the first time I heard that commandment until I actually started to work that commandment out and made a decision to go repent to Bill. I would be ashamed, actually, to tell you that, but that's just what I did. What did I do? I delayed. I knew what the word of the Lord was, but I delayed. Don't delay, obey all the way. Look at Jonah chapter 3, verse 3. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. Here we go. It takes three days to get through it. Big city, and Jonah is not in a rush. What does Jonah do? Here, here's, here's what we do in the process of failures and shortcomings and knowing we've got to do something to make it right. We do the same thing Jonah did. If Jonah, if Hyatt would have responded right away, that failure would have been a moment. I'm driving down the road. God speaks. Go repent to Bill. Okay. That ain't what Hyatt did. Go repent to Bill. No. Go repent to Bill. No. Go repent to Bill. No. Years that took place. And why did I do that? You want to know why I did it? If anybody, ooh, if anybody needs to do any repenting, he needs to come to me. Have you ever said it? Come on, somebody. I didn't do anything. Ain't my fault. Give me a break. He needs to come to me. What I did was I turned my moment into a process, a 20-year process. I turn my moment of time into a process, and that's exactly what Jonah does. Look at this. Chapter 1, he cowers. I ain't going to Nineveh. I'm going down to Tarshish. Chapter 2, he cries out, get me out of this fish. <laughs> get me out of here. Chapter 3, he condemns. I'm not going down there. That city is full of a bunch of sinners. I'm not going down there. They might get saved. They might come to the same church and sit in my seat before I get there on Sunday mornings. <laughs> and then in chapter 4, he complains, it would be better if I just died. His moment turned into a process because of his emotions, listen to me now, and a spirit of justification. It ain't me. It ain't me. He should come repent to me. What he should have been saying is, okay, it's what Hyatt should have been saying. This is what Hyatt should have been saying. Okay, God, what's the next best thing to do? What's the next thing to do that's going to rectify this situation? What's the next best thing to do that's going to make this right? What's the next best thing to do? Let me give you a principle here. Because when I don't ask myself that question, here's what I end up doing. I confuse what I'm going through with what God wants to take me to. Let me say it again. I confuse what I'm going through. Hey, I didn't ask God what was the next best thing to do. 
So what did I look at? I looked at what I was going through, not the beautiful place of forgiveness, redemption, mercy, and grace that God wanted to take me to. You with me? Okay, I, I think I'm going to close because I'm tired of bearing my soul. <laughs> this is wearing me out. I turned, I turned a, pro, a moment into a process. I turned something that, that was chaotic. Listen, guys, God is not going to, who? God is not going to wait until we, until we get everything right and then ride in like the rider on the white horse and put the finishing touches on everything. God is not afraid of your chaos. His creativity is bigger than your chaos. His redemption is bigger than my chaos. His forgiveness is bigger than my disobedience. His forgiveness is bigger than my failure. His forgiveness is bigger than my mess up. His forgiveness is a whole lot bigger of all the things that I said no to because his redeeming power comes in and makes everything right. So let me ask you a question. What is the next right thing to do? Don't get confused with what you are going through with what God wants to take you to. What does God want to take you to? Romans chapter 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. This is where God's taking you, baby. This is where God's taking you. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Oh, I love this phrase right here. And hope does not put me to shame. Come on, somebody. Hope doesn't put me to shame, man. If I would have, one of the reasons I didn't want to go repent to this guy was because I felt like I was going to be embarrassed. I was going to be ridiculed. The hope of God does not embarrass me. Come on. The hope of God does not embarrass me. It turns the ugliest situations we could ever imagine, it turns them around and brings glory to his wonderful kingdom. Where am I? here's, Here's where God's taking you. See, because at just the right time, when we were powerless, we were saying no. We're saying it's not about me. We were saying if anyone should, could, should repent, it should be him. When just at the right time we were powerless, God, Christ rather, sorry, Christ died for my ungodly actions. My ungodly actions were ugly. Rebellion is ugly. Disagreeing with God's words ugly. Justification is ugly. Complaining is ugly. But what did God do? God said, it's okay. I'm not bringing you to shame. I'm going to redeem that ugliness that you created through your ugly actions and make you beautiful in my sight. Come on, church of God. So, don't delay. Obey all the way. Number two. I like this one. 
I may even close with this one. I don't know. I like this one. You're going to like this one too. Don't delay. Obey all the way. Number two, I like this one. Well, say it, Hyatt. Come on, give me a break. I like this one. <laughs> Sorry. Hear God, even when it's hard. Hear God, even when it's hard. It was hard to hear, go repent to Bill. That was hard to hear. And you know what? I didn't want to hear it. I actually acted like I didn't hear it. Hyatt, go repent to Bill. Is there anybody else up there? Help me out. Give me another voice. I don't want to do that. Hear God even when it's hard. Look at Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites didn't hear that. They heard God. The Ninevites believed God and a fast was proclaimed and all of them began to worship God. Jonah began by saying in just a few days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. Now, how many of you would agree that's not a great way to start a sermon? <laughs> Thank you so much for being here at the Rock of Gainesville today. We welcome you. At the end of the service, everything's going to be just torn to pieces. We're so glad you're here today. That is just not preaching 101. Come on, somebody. But that's how Jonah started this message to the Ninevites. In just a little while, this, day, this city is going to be overthrown. It's going to be overturned. It's going to be destroyed. But this is what I love. That's not what the Ninevites heard. You know, honestly, Jonah wasn't a great preacher. You know, he, he just wasn't great, a great preacher. I mean, again, that's not how you start a sermon. But the Ninevites heard anyway. Jonah was bitter in his motive, and he was barren in his hope. I'm going to say it again. He was bitter in his motive. He was barren in his hope. He wasn't a great preacher. In 40 days, this city was going, is going to be overturned. What the Ninevites heard was they heard God and they believed God because, hear me now, they heard through the ears of repentance and the desire to hear God's voice. Amen. See, if I would have heard with the ears of repentance, God would have said, go repent to Bill, and what would I have done? <laughs> you know, this ain't rocket science. What did, what did President Bush say? This, this isn't, oh, he combined the two. This isn't rocket surgeon surgery. <laughs> and I love President Bush. I'm not beating him up. He was one of my favorites. But in the middle of a, a speech one day, he said, look, this isn't rocket surgery. <laughs> Don't you love that? I'm not beating up on my man. I love the guy. 
And we all, we all, hey, listen, we all get our words mixed up. If you don't ever believe that, come up here and stand with me some morning when you're trying to preach to this crowd and see how many times you mess up. Come on. There are times I finished a message, I'm thinking, what in the world did I just say? <laughs> we were talking about that the other day, weren't we, Hector? You know, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, there's a good side to it. I'm, I'm chasing a bunny trail right now, but I'm having a good time. There are times I have walked off the platform and some of you wonderful people have said, Pastor Ron, that was such a great message, man. When you talked about the New York Yankees, I loved that. <laughs> I never said that. But now here's the good side of it. There are times that I have preached one thing and you have heard something totally different because the anointing of the Holy Spirit that wanted you to hear that. And I've said it one way, you heard it another way, and God changed your life because of the anointing of God, not a preacher that's speaking up here in multiple terms. Give Jesus praise because he deserves it. Hey, if I would have heard with ears of repentance, I would have saved 20 years, guys. I would have saved 20 years if I would have heard with ears of repentance. Hear God even if it's hard. Get this principle and write it down, please. Here we go. If the only thing you are hearing is what you want to hear, you're not hearing God. If I'm only hearing what I want to hear, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm trying to get that thing that's going to tickle my fancy and tickle my ears. And if I'm only hearing what I want to hear, I'm not hearing God. I hear through ears of repentance. I hear through ears of God, forgive me. I hear through ears of God, I need a second chance. I have blown it. I blew it. I messed up. I rebelled. I can attach a million terms to it. They all are the same. But it all comes down to this. God gave me a second chance. God will give you a second chance. And I, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're going through. And you're sitting there saying, Pastor Ron, I'm that person you talked about that I've messed up and I don't know if there's any hope. I reject that lie of hell right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that hope will not bring you to shame. But the redeeming power of God will turn that ugly situation down, around rather, sorry, and bring goodness and graciousness to your life. Can I preach one more point? Time's getting away, and I, I, I have two more points, but I'm going to preach one. I, I like this one. <laughs> I like this one. Here it is. Don't delay, obey all the way. Hear God even when it's hard. Number three, write it down. Look at your life, not your level. Look at your life, 
Look at your identity. See who you are in Christ. Don't look at what you're facing or what you're doing. Or look at how we messed up. Look at the fact that I am a child of God. I am a son or daughter of the Most High God. The royal blood of heaven flows through my veins. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But I can do all things through Christ who keeps on putting power in me in Jesus' name. That's my life. That's my life. That may not be what I'm going through. That may not be the level of my life, but my level of my life may be struggling, but my life is right here. The, 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 the challenges might be right here, but the level of my life is right here. How, listen to me now, how do I avoid getting on that low level of a poor identity. Here it is. Write it down. When I'm waiting for God to give me a second chance, I have to be aware of the excuse of them. Ain't my fault. Not my fault. If anybody should repent, he comes to me. I, ooh, look, at the, look at the first point. I'm way too important to be guilty of sin. I'm, I, I'm, I'm way too beyond the level of spiritual maturity that would act like that. It's got to be them. Guys, that's exactly what I said. I may not have said I'm way beyond it in spiritual maturity, but what I said was exactly what I've told you already. If anyone should do any repenting, he should come to me. That's the lie of them. Come on, somebody. Here's one we live in a lot. I'm way too hurt to be guilty. I'm not going, they, they hurt me. I'm not going to repent to them. They hurt me. They failed me. They abused me. They let me down. They rejected me. I'm not going to them. They did it to me. And as a result of that, my hurt is way too big to ever humble myself to go to them. It's all about them. I used that excuse for 20 years, guys. I used that excuse for 20 years, but God gave me a second chance. Because finally, finally, humility turned into teachability. Humility turned into teachability. And the verse that God used to get my attention was Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, the, the, the nation of Israel is in a bad spot. They're in a place of rebellion. They're in a place of sin. They're in a place of idol worship. They're in a bad spot. And the word of the Lord comes to Isaiah, and Isaiah looks at the nation of Israel. And he very easily could have said, it's all about them, God. Why don't you destroy that nation? Look at what they are doing. That's what Isaiah could have said. That's not what Isaiah said. Isaiah looked at the degradation of the nation, and what he said was this, Woe is me, for I am a man that is ruined. I am a man 
of unclean lips. And I dwell among a people of unclean lips. What came out of Isaiah was not, look at those reprobates and what they are doing. What came out of Isaiah was, I am a man that needs God. And the close of that verse, it says, for my eyes have seen the King, the Almighty. Humility, write it down. Humility takes me to a place of teachability and allows God to open the door of grace and mercy and give us a second chance. He is the God of the second chance. Don't know where you are this morning in your life, whether you know Jesus, whether you don't know Jesus, whether your life has been like Nineveh was going to be, a place of ruins. Sorry for saying that way. I don't mean it in a judgmental tone. I'm just making a point. But I don't know where your life is today, but here's the beautiful thing. Regardless of where it is, there is a God in this room through the person of Holy Spirit that will give you a second chance and redeem whatever mess we have a tendency to create. Because He is a God of mercy, He is a God of justice, He is a God of compassion, and He is a God of redemption. Whether we are a Christian that has just been like PR and blown it, or whether we don't know Jesus and we're looking at our lives and saying, I need not just a second chance, I need a chance. And I want to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of my life. Bow your heads with me, if you will. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the power of your word, the glory of your word, the majesty of your word today. And Father, I thank you for the promise of your word. And the promise of your word is simply this, that when we fail and we ask for forgiveness and we repent and ask you to forgive us, you are a God of redemption. And so, Father, if there's people in this room that whether they know God or whether they don't know God and they're at a place of saying, I, I not only need a second chance right now, I just need a chance. I'm not serving Jesus and I need that opportunity to straighten out the mess that is called my life. May not have tried to do it on purpose. Maybe he did. But I'm looking at my life today, Pastor Ron, and I'm saying, I need that God of a chance. Or I need that God of a second chance. And if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. If you're here today, every head bow, every eye closed, this is just between you and Jesus. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Ron, I need a chance. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I need to see a redeeming factor of my life take place. My life is just a mess because of I did things just like you did, but I need to accept the Lord today, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior, and redeem this mess by getting a chance from a loving God. Would you put your hand up right where you are? Yes. 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 
Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I need God to redeem what's been going on in my life. Anybody else? Can I wait just a second? Yes, thank you very much. Amen. Yes, thank you very much. Amen. Thank you, Father. Now, here's the beauty of where we are right now. I'm going to pray over you, and you're, we're all going to pray together. And if you raise your hands, all I simply want you to do is pray out loud, believing that Jesus died for you, rose again, and as you confess before Him that you want Him to be Lord and Savior, He's going to become your Lord and Savior of your life and give you that chance or that second chance. So I'm going to lead you in prayer. Everybody's going to pray together. If you raise your hands, just pray it out loud and mean it with everything within you and God's going to redeem your life. Let's pray together. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I made a mess. I messed up. I was rebellious. I was just unlearned. And I didn't know. And my actions have led me down a road of a tough spot. But I realize today that I can have a chance or I can have a second chance. And so I'm asking Jesus to be Lord of my life, to be my Savior and to be my Lord. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus died and rose again and if I accept him, he takes all those old things and makes everything new. And I say thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give Jesus praise today. Let's all stand together, if you will. Prayer team, come on down, if you will, and line up across the front. We're going to have just a ministry time. And if you are in a place today, much like I've been preaching and teaching, and you need prayer. Maybe something's going on in your life that you haven't got away from God, but you need something in your life to change. There's a wonderful group of people down here that's going to meet you, stand with you, pray with you, and declare for God to do in your life whatever it is you need Him to do. Maybe you say, Pastor Ron, just like you, I blew it. I messed up. But I also believe that when I come down here and get with one of these prayer people and I confess that you're going to redeem that situation and make everything new in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.